Hello, everybody, and welcome to this crazy little podcast, Live a Little, with uh, me, television voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, Pete Pranica, and my good friend and mindfulness guru, Greg Graber. We're going to talk about what's going on in our lives. We apologize in advance for the, the long gap. I know the 40 or 50 of you that listen to this podcast. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just checking I'm just checking the downloads. Um, we have one from Canada. We do have we, had, we have somebody from Canada, so that's, you know, shout out Canada. Uh, Is it quantity or quality we're going for, Mr. Pratico? Let's... Well, I, I would like to think that we have high quality listeners. Just such a TV guy with your ratings. I it's know. So embedded in it's, it's, all, it's all about the numbers, but We've both been traveling like crazy, and so that's why there's been a long um, long delay between episodes, and I know you're just dying for episode 21 here. We're going to talk about what's happening in our lives in the world. We've got some recommendations, some grievances, uh, and mindful moment. And I'm actually going to share something, Greg, after you do your mindful moment. I'm going to share something from the Daily Stoic, which I think is uh, particularly good. It's actually yesterday's meditation, but I think it's 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 good for all of us to to hear. So I'm going to throw that in there, and then what uh, what else is upcoming? So uh, today is the last day of dry January. Very proud of myself. Congratulations! Can you believe that it was not dry January. I I didn't drink a lot. I mean, maybe an so occasional glass of wine. January for you? It's, it's a damp. It's a damp January. I like moist. <laughs> So shout out to Ryan, you know, our boy in the woodlands. Yes. Texas. Yes. Uh, he's gone all the way through dry January. And tonight at 6 p.m., he's got a bourbon tasting that he can't turn down. <laughs> so I want to give him a participation trophy. Absolutely. Not a finisher medal. Right. Mind you, like what I'm getting. <laughs> so, Ryan, we love you, man. But sorry. Yeah, but Greg's better than you. because hey, I didn't say it. Now, how cruel is that for somebody to schedule a bourbon tasting on the last day of well, dry January? And, that, that, and, that's and like, Ryan is like a hardcore guy. When he commits to something, <laughs> he really typically reaches his goals. We're going to talk about goals in a little bit in the okay. mindful moment. But uh, he tells me this is some extraordinary. You know, he's a big, big time bourbon guy, and he uh, absolutely cannot turn this one down. So, okay, there you go. All right. Well, yeah, participation trophy is cool. Yeah, give. Oh man, It'll be like, fired like I said, up. I love it. Like I said, that the the bar or the restaurant that is doing this that is intentionally cruel because you have to understand that people are doing Dry January. You'd, you'd think that they would be aware of this. Um, but well, I snuck off to the brass door yesterday because Arsenal had. I love your jersey, by the way. Thank you. Wearing. Thank you. Nice, uh, nice training top here. I like it. Yeah. So uh, to watch the Nottingham Forest mm-hmm. Arsenal game, and it was very difficult. I didn't want to put myself in that position early on, so I had two of the Heineken Zeros. Okay. Non non alcoholic mm-hmm. beer, and it, I'm not going to lie, it was not easy, especially the way that we. Knock the ball around and don't really score that much. Yeah, I, I was I was busy with a bunch of stuff yesterday, uh, you know, like getting a nerve block <laughs> much back, and uh, and I was checking I was checking uh, I was go to Fat Mob, and I'm looking like expected goals like point eight to point zero zero two for Nottingham Fours, and I'm like, hey, come on, it's nil nil, come on guys, but one in the back of the net. But you know, well, it's one of those things. These teams are starting to do a low block against us, mm-hmm. a deep block, and they get eleven guys in the box, and it's hard to score. Yeah. Yeah, they, they understand what they need to do against Arsenal. But, so we got the win. But shout good good on the Gunners. Shout out shout out three points for the Gunners. By the way, speaking of our beloved Gunners, I am I am efforting a trip to go see them. You gonna let me know? I, well, I'm, I'm letting you know now. I'll meet you. You well, don't have to hang out with me the whole time in England. I wouldn't do that to you. But we just meet for the game. May, May maybe not, a meal. Well, May nineteenth, but we got to get tickets. May nineteenth. Oh, that's a tough one. 
Yeah. I, I got a I got a guy who's got a guy. You got a guy? I am that guy usually. I told someone I have a guy for a guy for something else and he looked at me, shook his head, and he's like, You you are that guy. But yeah, I got a I got a broker that can hook you up. Okay. You're good. gonna pay a little bit more. I I just want to make sure that I sit in, in the Arsenal supporters section or I don't want to I don't want to sit in the Everton section, let's put it that way. It's it it's at Emirates. It's at Arsenal? Emirates, okay. yeah. Yeah. I'll send you that. Okay, good. I, I've also I've also queried our good friend um Seamus. And Seamus said, I'll make some calls. Yeah, so, I love Seamus, but I'll take care of you. Okay. <laughs> He's okay. got stuff. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so what else is happening in your world? I, we'll get to my stuff in a little bit, but what's going on with you? So the house. We sold the house. I saw that. So You're yeah, looking for boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone in the Memphis, greater Memphis area that has boxes, uh, we plan on moving. Still little things we got to work out, getting the other house up to snuff for the appraisal. Uh, but we're excited. I don't want to jinx it. But. Okay. Congratulations. So, thank you. I'll have a whole lot of stuff mm -hmm. to unload from this experience that's lasted six months in, mm -hmm. a, in a future episode. Okay. Good. Good, good grievances. Good. Um, believe it or not, the Grizzlies have had two days in a row without games in Memphis, which it's great news because I can – I but, but it, it doesn't become like sit on the couch days off for me personally, because all the things you can't do when you're traveling or preparing for games, then now is like squashed into two days. So like yesterday, it's all about laundry, paying bills, end of the month stuff. Um, I went, and, and those of you who are regular listeners of the podcast, you know that I have a herniated disc. I've had two nerve blocks. I had a third nerve block yesterday. So at the moment, I'm feeling really good. Fingers are crossed that this, this may actually last a little bit longer and I can avoid surgery, but that's another story for another time. Um, but still, then, then after we come off the two days, then we have a back-to-back -back on Friday and Saturday. No, I'm sorry, Thursday and Friday. I, I lose track of days. I guess today's Tuesday? Uh, Wednesday. No, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. See, I told you I lose track of days. So, um, so then we got a Thursday, Friday back-to-back. -back. On Saturday, we fly to Boston. And one of the nicer road trips, Boston and New York. Boston is a great town. Yes. We haven't talked much about Boston. Love Boston. Absolutely love it. The North End, do you get into that? Get into the North End. Uh, you can go anywhere for a good Italian meal. And there are the couple, couple of, um, was it Bova's, I think is, is the, the one of the, it's the more famous, I think, of the Italian bakeries. But there's another one nearby that is every bit as Mike's good. Mike's Cannoli's. Yeah, really exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a great place, I don't know if you've eaten there or not, called Neptune Oyster. Typically, okay. it's about an hour wait unless you get really early. Best lobster roll. Or if you got a guy. Or if you got a guy who's got a guy. Okay. I don't have a guy in Boston. Used to. But it's that lobster roll with the really soft bread mm -hmm. and the fresh lobster and the drawn butter. It mm -hmm. is, I can't recommend it enough. And their oysters are just uh, unbelievable. Okay. Have you been to the Union Oyster House downtown? I have. Okay. This, so much better. Okay. Neptune Oyster. Okay. Well, I mean, Union Oyster House is because John F. Kennedy used to used to eat there. And so it's, it's very, very historic. But yeah, I love Boston. Love the Boston Museum of Fine Arts. Uh, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot. Now, we're not going to be there really to spend time. But my plan is to get back to Boston this summer. One of the best subways in this country, the T. The T is very good. Just like the, I, I like the T in Boston and the Metro in Washington, D.C., yeah. although it's showing its age a little bit. But to me, that was always like the really coolest with, you know, you're going on the subway and then the lights illuminate above you when, when the train's about to come in. They're uh, clean and efficient, those two. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The Chicago CTA, a little less clean, a little less efficient, but anyway. We won't even talk about my beloved New York. That's no, oh, I find the New York subway system impossible to navigate. 
even even with the app. It's um, funny. Holly is kind of like MacGyver on that with some kind of built-in GPS system in her brain. She's really good. Thank God I'm not. I lack that side of the brain. Yeah, there there have been more than one occasions where I've practically ended up in a different borough than where I was <laughs> where I was trying to go. Anyway, one other thing in and and not in my personal life, but just kind of in the world right now. This whole Taylor Swift thing is just insane. So from what aspect? You mean the conspiracy theory? The conspiracy theories. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, what's the beef with her? She's brought a lot of money, attention, and notoriety, not just to the Chiefs, but the NFL in general. I saw something yesterday. I think it. they estimated she's probably brought in $330 million. Right, right. Because now you have casual not even casual football fans. You have Taylor Swift fans that are now watching the Kansas City Chiefs because she's dating Travis Kelsey. And you have the, these old guys our age that just hate her. I don't understand. I mean, I am not a Swifty. I know a few of her songs. I've never been to one of her concerts. But if she wants to date a football player, who cares? Isn't hating her a bit like hating puppy dogs, babies, and ice cream? I mean, like, how do you? How do you? She's but, like American Pie. You don't have to get off on her music necessarily or but you know yeah but you could do something else if you don't like her you could just ignore her i, I just i just you know yeah but so that idiot that was running for president what's his name vivek or whatever ramaswamy yeah you saw he came out and said he's sort of perpetuating this conspiracy theory that she's trying to get uh, trump unelected and biden elected or whatever and just she has better things to do. It's, it's a Pentagon. I, I read one headline that uh, somebody's considering her a Pentagon psyop <laughs> to interfere in the election. And it's like, look, there are a lot of celebrities that they're celebrities on both sides. OK, no matter who you support. I mean, Robert De Niro, it might be one of the most virulent anti-Trump persons anywhere. God, his rants are great. And and nobody is saying that, you know, it's election interference because Robert De Niro is saying this. It's you just, don't want to mess with him. She's no. easy to mess with. You yeah. don't want Raging Bull to show up, Jake LaMotta yeah. to show up. And, and if, if you, I you know Colin Coward, right? Yeah. Okay. I knew Colin because we, we, we both worked in Portland. And Colin does a lot of hot takes. Some of them age incredibly poorly. But he had a four-minute rant yesterday on the whole Taylor Swift thing. And he said, you know, you're complaining that you're seeing her too much. And, and the New York Times apparently had timed how much camera time she was getting during these games. And it's less than 30 seconds in a three and a half hour football game. Where oh, the, it's cool. It's really, you know, it does. It doesn't. The more they hate her, the more I like her. Yeah, it does. It, it doesn't really bother me one way or the other. I think you don't want to get obsessed with it. That every time Kelsey catches a pass, and you got to cut away to the to the luxury box to see her. I think that that can be a little bit of overkill. And some of the networks have have taken some heat, and in some cases, rightfully so, that it's become a bigger story than it needs to be. But the whole thing that, yeah, she's going to tilt the election one way because she's a celebrity. And, yeah, she's going to come out at halftime, which she's not performing at halftime. You know, it's just. I've got a really good buddy. I love him to death. He told me, I don't know, about a month ago that she's the Yoko Ono of football. Well, well, that, well that was. that I was, it was funny. But. Well, that was the other thing, too, is that people were saying she's the Yoko Ono of football because Kelsey did go through a period of time where he was not playing well. And then goes in, back to Adam and Eve. We've all been there. Right? Like we get but, but starts then, in grade school, right? But then the but then in the NFC AFC Championship game, he catches like all eleven passes that that are thrown his way. So it's like, you know, and and the the other point too. And if you can go back, Rex Chapman retweeted the Colin Coward rant. And I can't believe I'm I'm recommending a Colin Coward rant. 
Just kidding. Sometimes he's right. Sometimes he's very, very good, and sometimes he's like way. Did you, did you like him in Portland? I mean, was he an agreeable lad? Or he's he uh, he's a big fan of himself. Okay, you know, gotcha. and and but he prided he he prides himself sometimes on being a contrarian. Yeah. And if you're going to have a daily yak fest, you have to have strong takes. Be a contrarian. Get people to disagree with you. Get people to be mad at you. Got some locals here that try that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like he was, you know, so I'm a Packer fan, and he just killed Jordan Love in the in the middle of the season when Love was not playing well. And he literally said, Jordan Love cannot play. And then, of course, there was a great run by the Packers, you know, late in the season that was uh, triggered by uh, Jordan Love and, and his great play. But in any event, what he was saying is, what upsets you, what you are going to be so angry about tells me a lot about who you are. And if you are going to get so pearl clutching over taylor swift like what are you doing with your life all the crap we have going on in the world and, and we're worried gonna, about this and some are going to fixate on taylor swift mm -hmm. it's absolutely ridiculous yeah now yeah, this almost sounds like grievances so i think we ought to swing the recommendations <laughs> so <laughs> or, or are you, you got, got more taylor swift got me fired up oh, okay. about taylor swift and now all of a sudden we're gonna so I saw the, um, a great film I highly recommend. I believe it was on Netflix. It's on one of the streaming services. It's called American Symphony. I don't know if you've heard about this. Mm -mm. John Baptiste. Okay. Very talented, creative musician. It's a documentary that follows not only his rise to fame and, and prominence, and it, it talks a lot and displays sort of his creative process, but sort of an ancillary or sort of secondary theme throughout it is his wife, Suleika's struggle with cancer. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like the sacred and the profane. He has a lot of really good stuff going on in his life. And then they're also in the middle of that battle with her bout with cancer. Okay. Really well done. I, I was familiar with him a little bit, you know, cause he was Colbert's band leader mm -hmm. for a few years, but uh, he is so talented and innovative and it's just it's also a beautiful love story really worth watching i can't recommend it highly enough okay i will uh, i'll have to check that out i got a couple one is kind of lighthearted, and one is a, a, a little more serious uh going through the twitter feed today which is a bad habit of mine i noticed that elmo had tweeted i saw that about checking in on other people which 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 is which is a great idea number one and then I thought it was interesting that Joe Biden retweeted it, <laughs> you know it's like hey it's important to look and he, so, he is that Biden's mental state he's like checking out Elmo instead of worried about what's I, going I don't on know whoever a social media person is but basically he you know he quoted the the opening lines from the Sesame Street song you know sweeping the clouds away et cetera et cetera and and the importance of checking in. On other people, and and you know Biden's message was, you know, we need to check in on other people. You nobody is going through this alone. But the Elmo message is, I think, I think it's an important message, particularly now, January, the New Year's resolutions. If you've made those, and if you've made a New Year's resolution, you're a sucker, right? Thank we, you. We talked about yes. that. Yeah, we'll get into that in but, a few minutes. But you know, so it's it's the end of dry January or damp January or whatever you want to call it. Moist. <laughs> And um, one of the things that uh, people will talk about in the first month of the year is like, I need to reconnect with so-and-so. And, -so. and I, I think don't just let that fall by the wayside. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the people you're checking on, there's something wrong with them. But I think it's good to reconnect. Um, I had a, a, a situation where a friend of mine 
that I had met probably like 18 years ago. Uh, she is a retired physician and paints. And she painted, she had gone to Giverny with her husband and had painted some beautiful images of Monet's garden, which I have visited. And I just was really struck by the paintings. And she's, she's very prolific. She gets on a roll and just, you know, does amazing work in, in you know, a very short period of time. And she was going to have an exhibition of some of these. And I said, you know what, do you, do you ever sell any of your paintings? And uh, she said, well, yeah, sometimes I do. If, it, if it's very, very personal to me, I, I might not. But I've got, you know, so many canvases, I can't, I can't hang them all in my house. And so we reconnected yesterday, and I'm going to buy one of her paintings. In fact, she's coming by later today. And we just had a nice 30-minute conversation where we caught up on our lives. And, and uh, it's just, it, was, it was a happy accident. It's not that there was anything wrong with, with her or wrong with me. It was just, it, and it wasn't a checkup per se, but it was just good to reconnect. And I think- So there's that saying to check on your strong friends. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times you can't, tell because they don't display it that they need it as well right right and i think it's not just the ones who you think need it right and and a lot of times it's a it's another guy because you know guys are have been taught like you know we just you know stiff upper lip and all that and uh, and never show your vulnerabilities so uh yeah so my, my recommendation and it's, it's i don't know if this is the lighthearted one or the serious one I, when i started out i thought lighthearted because of elmo but it, it is actually pretty serious did yep. you see the replies? Like people unloaded, not in a negative way, but mm -hmm. they really, people appreciated the post. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other recommendation, uh, on Facebook I've come across, you know Jacques Pepin? Yes. Okay. He does these miniature cooking classes on Facebook. And it's not like real crazy stuff that you need a million ingredients. There was one this morning for just sautéing uh, codfish. Uh, mm. And he even shows you how, how to make an omelet. And I, I just think that's great because he's a very well-respected chef and he's doing like really simple stuff. And he says, these are simple dishes that I make around my own house. And it's, you know, like five or six ingredients. And so if you're looking for, if you want to get busy in the kitchen and just make it kind of simple, uh, yeah, Facebook uh, Jacques Pepin is, uh, does a really nice job with it. So I think I, Holly's a big fan. Yeah, yeah. And, and why not? He's, he's very good. I didn't realize he was like the... He was like the, the lead chef for Howard Johnson's back really? back in the oh, day when yes. Howard back in the day when the Howard Johnson's was like a thing. I remember the orange and the blue. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. So well, it was sort of a, a motel built around their restaurants, right? Yes, yes. All the Howard Johnsons had. God, we were young then. Man. That was that. We're telling our age. <laughs> yeah, I know now. It's, now I don't. Even, I don't even think Howard Johnsons even exists. Whew. But yeah, so there you go. All right, now uh, let's let's segue to our grievances. See if we got the same one. So I've first of all, I want to apologize because I was five minutes late. You know how I am about time. Probably a little too obsessive about it or fixated on it, but I've always prided myself on being at least five minutes early. Yeah, me, one is I think, it, and you're the same way. Yeah, I mean on live TV, if you're not there, it goes yeah, to black. That's yeah. bad. <laughs> Dead air's bad. So yeah. Rest in peace, my friend Jarman, the, the, the DJ, former DJ. Mm -hmm. He had a couple incidents with that, but we'll uh, love him. Um, I was running late. I had some coaches calling me and different things. But, you know, we've talked about the concept of time before. And I feel like a lot of times people have a blatant disregard for other people's time. Mm -hmm. um, it's a disrespect thing. And then I realized some people, it's just not in their wheelhouse. They're just not good with the concept of time. 
from a professional perspective, I can't stand when people are like this. Mm -hmm. Let's say I set a session with an individual or a coach or a team, then I don't hear back or then last minute they want to change it and things like that. I, I feel that time is our most precious commodity in our life, if you think about it. Often, if you would ask someone that question, what do you think is, what do you value as the most precious commodity? I feel like most people would say money. There's no money without time. We right. can't make money without time. So one, I wanted to apologize to you, but two, I need these people to get their stuff together. I'm going to, I need to restructure my contracts Yeah. where uh, this isn't a problem all the time, but it's a little disconcerting when it does happen that like, if you don't give me 24 hour notice, you're getting charged for the session. It's also disrespectful. It is. And I mean, that, that's the thing. And, and, and I've known people in, in different businesses that it's, it's the same thing, like canceling at the last minute or calling at the last minute. And I need this. And it's, it's not, it's not yeah. really and truly urgent. And my line has always been, you're not an EMT. Yeah. Or your emergency isn't my emergency. Don't right. throw it on me because you didn't plan well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I have always been one of those people who's like crazy early everywhere because oh, I'm the same way. Because what if traffic wife, happens yeah, or drives Holly crazy that I'm like that, but I'd rather be that way. Yeah. And no worries about being what the five minutes late you were today. It's, it's all good because I don't, Actually, I do have other stuff going on today, but not not time critical. And uh, I certainly I, I understand it because trust me, be, being in professional sports, coaches changing things at the last minute. Oh, it's coaches are the worst. Yeah, the absolute worst. And you know, I've been on college uh, buses where we're about to go to a game or even a shoot around for an NCAA tournament game, and the bus is waiting for one player. Who's? I'm sure you've seen situations like that too. It's just like, come on. I know things come up, right. no one's perfect, but mm -hmm. you know, often it's the same player or coach or individual. <laughs> Go back to the old days. <laughs> it, lovely guy, Stro Mile Swift. Uh, we, 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 we used to call him Slow Mile because we, the charter flight would leave at 2 or whatever, and it's like 2.20, 2.30, and then Stro ambles up. You know, with with like two bags of McDonald's up at the <laughs> stairs, and it's like, oh, come on. Um, I knew the coach at LSU that would have to follow him to class to make sure he got there on time. Yeah, Love, lovely human being, fantastic athlete, but yeah, he, he could dunk. He, he was could, a he could, highlight reel. Yes, absolutely. He was, but he 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 marched. I don't know what time his watch was set to, but it was never it was never on time. It was those guys in Florida that had coached? From the Caribbean, they're always on that island time. We've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. At yeah. least 20 minutes late to practice. Yeah. Well, I've told the story about Lambeau Field, right? In the clock. Yeah. You know, I love that. It's it set. Vince Lombardi had a rule. You'd be there 15 minutes before the scheduled time. And so when you drive past Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin, if you look at the clock on the outside of the building, it is set 15 minutes ahead of what the actual time is. And the first time I didn't realize that, I'm looking at my watch like, Wait, what? Huh? What? Oh, and then, oh, Lombardi time. Okay. Yeah. 15 minutes. That's, I could get with that. Yeah. Um, my grievance is uh, with that four letter network that decided to put a microphone on um, Pen oh, Penny Hardaway man. on Sunday. Dude. It, during, during live action. Okay. So Andy Kennedy, UAB, Penny Hardaway, they were microphoned and assume, I, I assume had an earpiece as well. During live play, and the announcers were trying to ask questions during live play, 
of Andy Kennedy and Penny Hardaway. I caught part of it when we were sitting on the bus. We just finished it. We had an afternoon game in Indiana. And so we were sitting on the bus and we're watching this. And they're trying to talk to Penny. And Penny is not answering. And the game is going on. And it's dead freaking air. Did you see the... You, you didn't see the Andy part. I didn't see the Andy part. I was part surprised. Either. You know, they... I watch all their games because I work with Memphis. Um, Andy actually was receptive in answering the questions. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, how is this guy coaching? Apparently, he coached well. They won. But then Penny... Shout out to Penny for ignoring the questions. That was the most annoying thing I'd ever seen. And then Jimmy Dykes, I think it was, right? The commentator... Uh, the color guy? I think so. Said, wow, that was great TV. No, no, it wasn't. And the the funny thing, so, so we're on the bus and we're watching this and, you know, Penny's ignoring and the game's going on and our producer and our social media person and we're all watching this and we're like, this is awful. This is really and truly awful. Now, there are a couple of, couple of things here. I, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. I think if you do that during a preseason game, uh, that's a little different. If you do it during a timeout, um, you know, we, we've seen these on-court interviews. Now, the NBA's Coaches Association, they don't like it, but they agree to do on national TV games a first quarter and a fourth quarter interview with the coaches. Um, you know, and, but that that is but not during that's live play. Obviously. Not during live play. What was interesting during the NBA in-season tournament. They mic'd both coaches and had their audio up live, Oof. but they were not asking them questions. Was it delayed? That's a good so question. What do you get a Dave Yeager who likes to drop an occasional f bomb? What happens? And I'm, Dave's a good friend. Yeah, us, but. Uh, I don't know that it was delayed because that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Because if they're making, but see, and the other thing too is you didn't want to hear them making play calls because then scouts are going to look at because that's what scouts are there for yeah, to hear yeah. the play calls what are you thinking coach yeah like what do you what am i thinking they ask penny stuff like what are you thinking like <laughs> i want to win the want to win the game how, what did they did, why did they uh, i liked your tweet why do they agree to that that's the dumbest thing i've ever seen yeah i don't know if that was something that espn mandated that if you want our you know if you want your game on our air this is what we're going to do i will tell you also this uh, Tom Hart was the play-by-play guy. There is no worse feeling in the world when you are trying something new and it goes totally off the rails. And I know the producer was saying, ask him another question. Ask him another question. Lay out. Don't do any play-by-play because maybe Penny will say something. It, it, I, I feel so badly for Tom Hart because I'm sure he's going like, I want to get out of here. I want to just call the game. And meanwhile, this is going on. And I went back on social media and, of course, a lot of the Memphis people were, were slamming it, and I thought justifiably so. But one of my good friends who's in the business, and he is a voice of a team in the National Football League. I'm not going to name him. But he said, oh, that was great television. I'm like, no, it wasn't. I'm not a big Andy Kennedy fan, um, not for any particular reason. So I tweeted, this is terrible. Of all people, why do I want to hear Andy Kennedy? And then they <laughs> fans tweeted back, well, Penny's up next. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Penny, who's a good friend. I love Penny, but I don't want to – hear that either That's yeah and and we've we've seen like pitchers that are on their day off a dugout interview okay that's fine uh baseball is a much longer game it's an entirely different cadence but to do to try to have an interview during live play of a basketball game i, I mean i guess on the one hand i applaud the effort but i just don't think it's appropriate i i just because co- co- coaches have to, enough to do without yeah. having to 
you're trying to focus on the play on the floor without having to concentrate on a question and give an answer, you know, give an answer in real time as who knows what's happening on the floor. I just I just thought it was just a really, really you know, you you want to be innovative and you want to be cool. And look, everybody that watches sports loves access. I mean, look at hard knocks. That is, you know, the, the gold standard for having, you know, backstage access. People love that stuff. They absolutely do. But I just think that was the wrong format well, what for it. Our attention is a limited commodity as it is, especially in a situation like that. And two, as I tweeted, that's not really how they talk or how they sound in real life. <laughs> no, no, I've sat, you have sat in your benches anyone, for 30 years. and it's, Yeah, you sit close it, enough. Yeah, yeah, it's like, no, no, no. And, uh, yeah, and we, we, have, um, we, have, we have microphones that... We, we we shut down to practically nothing, but I can hear Taylor Jenkins during during timeouts, and yeah, it's uh, it, it is it is yeah, it's it's not G-rated by any stretch of the imagination, particularly if the Grizzlies aren't playing well. Um, okay, you wanted to talk about time and mindfulness, I believe. Yeah, well, we talked about time a little bit, but I'd like to talk about since today is the last day of dry January, Ryan. Um, <laughs> Enjoy the bourbon, Ryan. Yeah, have a good time tonight. We uh, talked a little bit about, I think it was on New Year's Eve or around there, about how you referred to it a few minutes ago, New Year's resolutions are for suckers and, and goal setting. For me, the dry January has been a really cool thing. I want to go back to that a little bit with this uh, because it was sort of an exercise in self-discipline for me. It wasn't so much about drinking or not drinking. It was sort of an exercise in determination, if that makes sense. And I think anytime we can do something like that, I know you're, you're a good Catholic. Lent is coming up mm-hmm. soon. And I have a lot of friends who are Catholic and non-Catholics who often participate in Lent. And it's almost like when we think about our well-being and sort of enhancing certain aspects of our, our, of our wellness, we think about it's always adding something else like adding an exercise regimen or adding this or that. Sometimes I like to say it's more about addition by subtraction. It's about taking something out. And I've got a really good friend, and I was thinking of him this morning, and it reminds me that I need to get in touch with him. I haven't talked to him in a while. gentleman by the name of Josh Savage. He was a Spanish teacher for me at Lausanne, and we'd worked together at, at St. Benedict. Josh and his wife, Nikki, do something really cool every month where they pick to give something up sort of along along these similar lines. So they'll have like where they give up eating meat for a month right. or drinking for a month or watching TV for a month. Uh, I think it's a really neat concept. And every now and then it helps to stretch us in terms of our sort of self-discipline, our resilience, our tenacity, and to a certain extent, sometimes giving something up for a short amount of time even enhances our gratitude. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It also enhances our available time. Exactly right. In, in a lot of cases, particularly when talking about watching, watching television or, or, or things like that. Um, I'm going to, this actually kind of piggybacks very nicely on it, and we did not, we did not, uh, we did not pre-discuss this, 
But you know, you, we never pre-discuss. We never you probably tell our forty listeners can. Yeah, <laughs> that with that we yeah is that forty all time or forty per. No, no, it's like like forty per episode. I think we're we're nearing a thousand downloads. Look at that. Yeah, so we're getting there. But I think well, you know, and our listeners know that I'm a big fan of Ryan Holiday and the Daily Stoic, and um, I this is and the Daily Stoic is a fantastic book. I would urge everybody to get it because there's a daily meditation uh, on different fo- phases of Stoic philosophy. And the meditation, it's, it's for January 30th, but I think it's, it's really good. And this is one that I read this and I said, dummy, you need to do more of this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the meditation. So Epictetus writes, if you wish to improve, be content to appear clueless or stupid in extraneous matters. Don't wish to seem knowledgeable. And if some regard you as important, distrust yourself. And the meditation from Ryan and his co-author Stephen Hanselman says, one of the most powerful things you can do as a human being in our hyper-connected 24-7 media world is to say, I don't know, or more provocatively, I don't care. Most of society seems to have taken it as a commandment that one must know about every single current event, watch every episode of every critically acclaimed television series, follow the news religiously, and present themselves to others as an informed and worldly individual. But where is the evidence that this is actually necessary? Is the obligation forced by the police, or is it that you're just afraid of seeming silly at a dinner party? Yes, you owe it to your country and your family to know generally about events that may directly affect them, but that's about all. How much more time, energy, and pure brain power would you have available if you drastically cut your media consumption? How much more rested and present would you feel if you were no longer excited and outraged by every scandal, breaking story, and potential crisis, many of which never come to pass anyway? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. But see, we only got I, mad. That, that's we a only, really good connection. We, Did we, you read my mind this morning? No, this no, is... absolutely not. But, you know, and, and and that's something that in my business, trying to stay up on the NBA, I just have a mind that I want to be updated on a lot of things. And Twitter, even though it has devolved, used to be the best place to have a news feed. Um. I had someone in my life who used to criticize me religiously about why are you do that. It's like, no, it's the best news digest of you. the day. I agree. I, I find myself defending it to people often. And it's still not bad for that. Right. A- but uh, yeah, you just can't get fired up about everything. And that's why, okay, we got, well, the we other, got fired up about Taylor Swift. And it's, that was the only thing that we even got mad about today. So, so the, we'll, the other we'll live thing, with that. the other piece of that, Pete, where it says you don't need to know everything or have an open mind in the mindfulness world, that's called the beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. And it's a really important thing to, to have. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I just need to be better uh, about not checking Twitter and reading all the news feeds. And, but see, it's not like I want to appear smart at dinner parties. It's just I like, I like to be informed. But sometimes I think there is benefit in not knowing or, as they say, just not caring. Uh, about about certain things from so, a time suck perspective it's terrible it, it is terrible and i i hate sundays when the iphone beeps at you and says your screen time oh, was it's terrible and it? it's terrible and i i go around the country lecturing on this stuff yeah. and i still fall into it. it it takes a constant effort 
Yeah, and of course the screen time. I mean, if you're on the road and if you're texting Holly, or if I'm on the road and I'm texting people, yeah, then your screen time goes up because or watching Arsenal at an airport on your phone. Exactly, or exactly. So it's not all Twitter, it's not all social media, but you know, you, I guess when it comes to being informed, you have to pick your battles. Yeah, you know, pick pick what is most important. You don't need to know everything about everything. What's that? You know, we have an abundance of. Uh, knowledge but not wisdom because there's so much information now is that is that the saying something like that yeah I, I mean there's there's a lot of information but you know how legitimate is the content how real is the content because there's so much information out there that includes taylor swift being a psyop uh, plant for the pentagon which is you know just which is which is which is just crazy i had in high school i had a latin teacher and um, you know he would he would query one of the one of the guys in class about a Latin translation or how he declined a particular verb or whatever. And this this guy he he was just a class clown. And dear old Father Siebers would say, "You have diarrhea of the mouth, but constipation of thought." I like that. And I thought I like that, that that's that's a line that uh, even though high school is a good forty years in the past, uh, I, I still do remember that. So. Uh, well, it's really a question of being able to distinguish between the signal and the noise. Yeah, you know? yeah. What's what's real? What's really important? And what's just what's just trash? So, what do you got coming up there, Mr. Graver? I'm going to be in New Orleans this weekend. I figured if you're going to break dry, dry January, you may as well do it uh, <laughs> full on. So, no, actually, uh, Holly is going to be on a Mardi Gras float. Which crew? I'm not sure. It's something through her work. Okay. So I'm going to be in the stands. And I said to Holly, well, not that I'm bougie, but like <laughs> I'm going to be standing in a city that's probably going to be hot, that typically smells like puke and urine. She goes, no, you're in the VIP stand. Ooh. Well, what does that entail? Well, you have access to a bathroom. So I'm going to be <laughs> really fancy. Which is probably a porta potty. Yeah. So... It's going to be interesting as I've sort of... Bougie Mardi Gras. Well yeah, done. Yeah. I'm reframing uh, my relationship with alcohol a bit. We'll see if that happens. I don't know. Moderation in New Orleans just don't go together. I agree. So it's on. Okay. We'll see. Wow. I did. Um, I visited a friend of mine for St. Patrick's. It just happened to be St. Patrick's Day and saw a St. Patrick's Day parade. Which was interesting because they, they threw beads. They also threw all the fixings for Irish stew. So they threw like cabbage really? and carrots and potatoes into the crowd. People which, catch it and cook it? or I, just Who a, knows? Who knows? So how, Hotel Monte Leone again for I'm you? I'm not sure. That's a great question. I need to ask her. I'm guessing it's going to be a JW Marriott because Holly is all about the points. Okay. When well, she's on the that makes, makes perfect sense. She plays that Have, have you ever been to Croissant Dior no. on Ursuline's? No. I like the name. Fantastic breakfasts. Fantastic. Uh, it's a it's a patisserie basically, uh, but they do breakfast and lunch. And I've had breakfast and I've had lunch and I've had pastries, and it's it's off. It's a little. It's in the quarter, but it's a little off the beaten path. And it is, to me, it's it's one of the the cool spots that most people don't know about. Um, I'm check it out. You a big Cafe Du Monde guy? Love it. Okay. Love, I mean, what's not to love? Just sugar and coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Tony Montana and Scarface. With, you get all the white <laughs> sugar all over, the powdery sugar. It looks like you've been snorting back like in 1983 or something. And Say hello to my little friend. You know? So, yeah. So, you're going there, yeah, in the Mardi Gras run-up. So, I'm, yeah. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> I'm, the I'm, things we do for love. Yeah. Right, the old song. That's a, that's a, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're going to New Orleans to support your wife. Oh yeah, As it's I New Orleans. Yeah, beignets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, the things I do. Yeah, boy, the sacrifices you make. Holly is such a fortunate woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll just retire the title. Um, what I got upcoming? Uh, well, like I said, we got this home back to back coming up, and then Boston and New York. Which is always a, a fun trip. Hopefully, the weather will hold up. I'm going to get to see some some friends of mine uh, in New York and uh, reconnect with one of my all-time favorite statisticians who will be working the game in Boston. So that's uh, that's a lot of fun. Grizzlies uh, are signing 10-day guys because everybody is injured. We actually had more injured guys than guys we could put in uniform in the last game. It's just been that reminds me of the year Jaeger's last year. They had they set an NBA record. We had 20, 28 different yeah. players. Yeah, they still made the playoffs. Kudos today. Yeah, still made the playoffs. I don't know that that's going to happen um, this year because yeah, I mean losing John Morant for the rest of the year and Desmond Bain still has I think you know a few more weeks to go on on his sprained ankle. It, Not that the Tigers are doing much better. They went in a span of ten days from being ranked number ten in the country to being a bubble team now. It, so he, Penny it, says he's going to. Straighten that out. The guys are being selfish, so hopefully. Okay. It comes It comes and it goes. The other big thing that's going on, and as soon as uh, I, I we wrap this up and I post this and uh, take care of a couple other things, I'm going to go. And uh, I was talking with Stephen Glass, the manager of 901 FC, and they've had they've had a, an amazing off season. Um, even though Kyle Murphy is retiring, they signed him and, and would have been a fantastic striker for 901 FC. He's retiring. They get Nico Brett. I saw that from Birmingham Legion, and um, there are some other signings. I can't tell you who, but there are some signing some additional signings that they're very excited about. And they are they've begun training. Guys are starting to filter back into Memphis. They're starting to train. They have uh, several friendlies around the community. Uh, they and actually they've got one I think coming up this weekend in Athens, Georgia. They're going to play Atlanta United in a friendly, and they're going to play. Uh, oh, they're going to play University of Memphis later in February, and it's actually a date where I can actually go. But uh, speaking of, shout out to Logan Haddad, mm-hmm. goalkeeper I work with, outstanding young individual. He signed on as a goalkeeper at the University of Memphis. Very nice, very nice. Great kid, great family. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go to training. Gonna meet, gonna meet some of the lads. As, There's uh, one signing as I need Glass you to says. help facilitate. Okay. What's that with those guys? Me. I need to be working with them. They know I'm a soccer guy, right? Right, they, right. And I've, I've, I've put, I've put them I in. Just, I need you to close this deal, Mister Pranica. <laughs> oh, I'm throwing I it to, out on the airwaves. I need to close the deal. Just you know, get them in that strong arm. Uh, you know. Well, you know, I'll I'm, give them a good deal because well, well, soccer. Well, you know, it? well, you know, I'm going to training today, so I. I know. I'll, that's I'll why I'm bringing this I'll, up. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have that conversation. Listener, will see if Mister Pranica can close this deal on the next episode. We'll, okay. Uh, whether he gets a participation or a finisher medal. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I uh, we're, and we're starting to ramp up right now, and uh, that, that that's very exciting. To... What's the plan for them stadium-wise and all that? Is there or are they? Well, I mean, at this moment, there isn't any money, uh, you know, from from the state, and so there are a lot of questions right now. I know that right now there's a lot of emphasis on just fixing up AutoZone Park mm-hmm. for the Redbirds. So that's going to require a tremendous amount of funding. So what happens as far as the stadium for 901 FC, that remains pretty much up in the air. And I haven't had a conversation with anybody that that has any uh, insider information on that. I mean, ideally, the USL wants teams out of baseball stadiums as soon as possible. Yeah, and there's a deadline, though, right? It's a soft deadline. What I've been told is that it is a soft deadline. I don't know if it's 2025, maybe, but I just don't know 
where you're going to come up with money to build this venue. Uh, the land is available if you knock down the, the Coliseum, which still stands. Um, but where is that money going to come from? Certainly, it's not going to come from the city, not going to come from the state. Uh, I, I don't know that the club itself has the money to fund this or, or how they would do that. And then the question becomes, what size of stadium do you want? Um, you Could know, they play at Mike Rose? Mike Rose has a small stadium. There they, for- they do. They do. I, I floated that notion, and it was not met with a, a great level of enthusiasm. Um, I, I talked to a couple of um, Grizzlies sponsors. We had a sponsor uh, dinner in Miami, and a couple of soccer, real soccer aficionados, one of who played a keeper in college. And you know they were saying that, they're trying to figure out, okay, people don't want to come downtown, but people don't want to drive all the way out to Mike yeah. Rose. Yeah, there's so there's got to be a happy medium. So, yeah. the, so there's got to be a place. Where is that happy medium where you could put a soccer stadium? That's number one. And then number two is how big are you going to have it? Because now I understand that there's been an increase in season ticket sales. Uh, Jay Mims is now the chief operating officer for the soccer club. So they're, they're kind of sort of separating the baseball and soccer businesses a little bit to the benefit, I think, of 901 FC. Uh, so they sold some more season tickets uh, than they have in the past with the assistance of the USL. They're, they're helping out in that effort. But last year, they drew like 3,500 fans per game. Well, do you want to build a 10,000-seat stadium that you can't fill? Or do you want to build a 6,000-seat park that you can fill with supporters and you know maybe there's a lot of demand then mm-hmm. certainly it's going to be a good soccer team they I, I think their talent level is probably the best it has ever been um and it'll be a second year for steven glass to really put his stamp on this team uh you know get quote unquote his guys uh i think they're going to be very successful on the pitch the question is how successful they're going to be at the turnstiles and then how would that translate into actually building a soccer stadium and if you build a soccer stadium if you build a soccer park would it be a multi-use facility because you're only talking about what they play 32 games at so like 16 home dates yeah the the maintenance the upkeep the staff um that would be a pretty big investment for only 16 dates out of the year could you use it for other things could you have maybe the university of memphis which their soccer program is on the uprise would you potentially maybe have Mm -hmm. their high level matches there or they make the ncaa tournament and you play that there so a lot of a lot of a lot of questions um surrounding it i don't have a lot of solid answers i would i would love for 901 fc to have a dedicated park their blue sky vision is to have a dedicated soccer park with an adjacent practice facility because right now uh Right now, they're training at Mike Rose. They've trained at CBU. Um, you know, they, they typically don't train at AutoZone Park because AutoZone Park right now, I don't even think, has turf down. Um, so they, they've, been, they've been kind of these nomads as far as their training is concerned. And, um, you know, where they do their weight training is in a different spot. And then Mike Rose, you know, for the on-pitch work. So uh, I, I just, I'm a big supporter, a big fan. Obviously, I'm one of the announcers for the, for the club. I want to see them succeed. And I just... Uh, I'm hoping to sit down with Jay Mims at some point, the new chief operating officer, and and just kind of you know kick it around, and maybe I'll get some more information. But uh, as far as right now, I, I don't know that plans for a soccer park are on. It's on their wish list. I don't know that if it's 
logistically, legitimately on the front burner right now because I don't know where the money's going to come from. So I need to get to more games. Yes, you do. I go to a couple games a year, but I just uh, stuff gets in the way. But I really need, as a soccer guy, I need to support them a little bit better. Well, you know, and I need to get you to be their mental performance coach. I mean, that would help. That would get, <laughs> that would essentially get me at every game. That would get so you at every go. game. Just, it's yeah. a win-win. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that is a wrap for episode 21 of Live a Little, this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing from Taylor Swift to Memphis 901 FC to time management, Penny Hardaway, Jacques Pepin, and pretty much everything else. This show comes to you from the World Galactic Headquarters of Pranica Media in East Memphis. We don't have a producer, don't have an engineer, don't have uh, anything like that. We do it all ourselves. He's Greg Raber, mindfulness guru and educator, good friend of mine. Greg, you got a shout-out you wanted to make. Yeah, real quick one to Sandy Adams, who came out and spoke to our ninth and 10th graders at Lausanne yesterday, did a wonderful session on personal branding. Can't recommend her or her services enough thank you sandy and i I believe sandy is one of our loyal listeners she is she's one of the 40 whatever (laughs) thank you sandy you're the best yeah one one of one of the fantastic 40 so we 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 thank sandy adams and we thank all of you who have listened to episode 21 you can find us on um, itunes so when you go to apple podcasts it would really help us it would help the podcast if you would rate us review us uh the more that you rate and review Uh, I guess the algorithms will be favorable to us so that other people can find this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. I'm Pete Pranica. He's Greg Graber. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, next time our social and uh, in-town schedules coincide, we'll have another episode for you. See you later.